all ninjas, calling all ninjas. It's time for Lime Ninja Radio. Today on Lime Ninja Radio. Um, actually, I had um, gotten a pap smear that was uh, positive. And oh, really? I had a friend, and he's like, well, you should go see this Chinese medicine doctor and see what she thinks. And so she took my pulse and looked at my tongue and mm-hmm. told me I had blood stagnation in the lower burner, whatever that meant. <laughs> and that, <laughs> you know, if I did the, you know, the acupuncture and the herbs, that I would get better. And I did. And the doctor who had seen me, when I went to his office and said, you know, hey, I, I did this acupuncture and herbs, I, I got better, you know, with, with acupuncture and herbs, that he, he was mad. This podcast is sponsored by the Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker. I'm so excited to tell you about our new Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker. One of the things I hear over and over again, whether it's talking to a patient in my office or consulting over the phone with a client, is just how difficult it is to keep track of progress on their Lyme journey. Recording symptoms daily or even weekly gives them too many data points. There are so many ups and downs, twists and turns that at some point they get lost and confused. The Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker takes all the guesswork out of tracking symptoms with a simple monthly questionnaire. Once a month is the perfect interval to see if that new supplement or protocol is working. Right now, when you take the Symptom Tracker questionnaire, we give you a simple composite score for the month. But we have big plans and the data you enter will not be lost as we roll out new features. Best of all, it's free. Just head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com slash tracker and sign up. That's LimeNinjaRadio.com slash tracker. You'll be glad you did. Every journey through Lyme disease is different and cookie cutter approaches just don't work. You need to think like a ninja. Hello, I'm your host and acupuncturist McKay Rippey, and this is episode number 155 with Dr. Rachel Fresco. Also, welcome our show producer and the brains behind Line Ninja Radio, Aurora. Hello, and in this episode, you will learn about biocidin, Dr. Fresco's herbal formula developed to break down biofilms and support your body's microbiome, how biocidin was first being used by AIDS doctors, and how there is no such thing as too small a dose when starting an herbal remedy. That is so true. I've made up herbal liposomal herbal remedies for patients. And every once in a while, you have to start somebody on like a toothpick. Yeah. You dip a toothpick in and just take that, yeah. just the smallest of small amount. It's amazing. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. We'd like to introduce our top 10 cities for this week. The United States has made a rebound today. Last week, week it was in the week of the international cities. Now we're, we're back to the U.S. Number 10, we have Dublin, Ireland. Staying strong, Ireland. Harrisburg. Oh, I'm no, sorry. Hamburg. Hamburg, New York. Put my glasses on. <laughs> Number eight, Fallen, Nevada. Fallon or Fallen? Fallon. Fallon. Probably. Sorry, Fallon. I have a friend who's Honora Fallon Oben. So, yes, it's Fallon. And number seven is Uger, South Carolina. Number six is Ashburn, Virginia. Number five, Charlotte, North Carolina. Number four, Akron, Ohio. Number three, New London, Minnesota. Minnesota. (laughs) Faked you out, Connecticut. (laughs) Number two is Seattle, Washington. And number one is Albany, not New York again. but But Oregon. Names, places are so funny. Right by us, we have tiny little towns. We have Paris, New York. We have Russia, New York. We have Poland, Poland, New York, York. all within about a half an hour of here. <laughs> We're international here and there. Uh, not rural, but pastoral corner of but, New York. Yeah, yes. pastoral. Cow country up here. Yep. Okay, Aurora, why don't you tell us a little bit more about today's guest, Dr. Rachel Fresco. Dr. Fresco started her career as an acupuncturist and herbologist. Shortly after she obtained her degree, she was contacted by doctors with AIDS patients who said to her that one of her herbal formulas was helping their patients. This led her to found her company, Biobotanical Research Incorporated. That formula was biocidin, and since then it has been reorganized 
has been recognized by many major diagnostic labs, clinicians, and authors as one of the most effective products for addressing difficult and resistant clinical presentations. Thanks, Aurora. And here's our interview with Dr. Rachel Fresco. Rachel, this is McKay Ripley from Lyme Ninja Radio. Hi, McKay. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited to speak with you. Yes, I'm excited too. I, um, you know, I, I mostly deal with the physicians, and so I, I don't get to do very much outreach to the public, so I'm glad to be able to, to help wherever I can. Um, if it's okay with you, just jump right in. Yeah, sure. Your background is as an acupuncturist, correct? Right. Um, I started out in medical herbalism and then later got my uh, acupuncture degree at Five Branches University. How beautiful. And just as I was getting out of acupuncture school, I was working for another Chinese herb company, uh, Khan Herb Company, and uh, we were dealing with a lot of doctors with problems of the beginnings of the AIDS epidemic. So these doctors had patients that had diarrheal diseases and had immune um, problems, and there weren't any drugs at that time for AIDS, and so they were looking for anything that they could find, including herbal medicine, and that's how I had started to work with those guys, helping them with these opportunistic infections, and it was at that point that I got a phone call from a diagnostic lab called Great Smokies, which is now Genova Diagnostics. And the owner of the lab called me up, and he basically said, I don't know who you are or what this is, but it kills everything we've tested it on, and we want to put it on our panel. And so I'm like, well, fine, sure, whatever. Well, I didn't know that that would mean like 30,000 doctors a month were going to be seeing that this herbal formula could be used for various yeast and bacterial infections in the gut. So suddenly, I had to start a company. <laughs> that's, that's how I, I started in this. And so that was in 1990. And then um, over the years, you know, we dealt with all kinds of different um, microbial challenges. And then in the last 10 years, particularly, of course, Lyme has become more prevalent. Yes. So let's rewind all the way back, because I didn't realize you started in herbalism. So how did you get interested in herbalism and what was your path? Did you get, you know, like a biomedical degree? How did all that get started? Well, it's kind of interesting. I think I, I think as a kid, I just had that, that bent. I used to go out in the woods and dig up sarsaparilla roots when I was a kid and make tea. <laughs> and make tea. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I had it in me. Um, Native American past life. I don't know. Um, but, but when I, when I was in my late teens, early twenties, um, actually, I had um, gotten a pap smear that was uh, positive, and oh, really? I, I had a friend who was a teacher at a massage school, and I'm like, hey, you know, my pap isn't right, and he's like, well, you should go see this Chinese medicine doctor and see what she thinks, and so she took my pulse and looked at my tongue and mm-hmm. told me I had blood stagnation in the lower burner, whatever that meant, <laughs> and that, you know, if I did the, you know, the acupuncture and the herbs that I would get better, and I did, so when I went back, so I, I, I had had two positive PAPs, and they were class four, which is, you know, pretty serious, that's one class away from cancer, and I was only 20, I'm like, how did this happen? Yeah. And so I went to this acupuncturist, and she treated me twice a week for like two months, and then I went back uh, for another PAP, and it was negative. So then I went back for a, another one, and it was still negative. And the doctor who had seen me, when I went to his office and said, you know, hey, I, I did this acupuncture and herbs, I, my PAP is now negative. So he wanted to run it again, of course, because he didn't believe it. And so he ran it again, and it was negative. And, and when I told him that I was so happy I got better, you know, with, with acupuncture and herbs, that he, he was mad that yeah. I had used alternative medicine. So this was, let's put give some context. Is this, what What decade is this? Okay. This I, don't, I don't want to date you, but. <laughs> yeah, no, you can. It's like 1981. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, around yeah. 81. So the woman who did the acupuncture for me, uh, Dr. Wajah Kim, she was the first licensed acupuncturist in the state of California. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's just, you know, the old timer. 
And so she said to me, you know, I think you would be really good at acupuncturing. You know, would you want to do a tutorial with me? Wow. At the time, I I declined because I was moving to New York City. Hmm. But while I was in New York, I went to the Women's School for Herbology, and I took that course and started really thinking about going to acupuncture school. And in the end, I decided to come back to California and go to school. So it was pretty much my own health uh, issue that sent me in the direction of Chinese medicine, um, and I also was concurrently interested in Taoism, Buddhism. I was studying um, those at the New School for Social Research in New York City, mm-hmm. uh, so I already had sort of an Eastern bent, if you will, um, and so it was kind of natural to be interested in the medicine as well. That's so funny. When I got started with acupuncture school, I didn't even like Chinese food. <laughs> I didn't know you were an acupuncturist too. I am. I I went to uh, what was at the time the traditional acupuncture institute. I started my study in eighty nine. Uh huh. So we're year we're about the same yeah, time. Yeah, I started in eighty five and I yeah. graduated in eighty seven. Yeah, amazing. It was so different back then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, and but you know, the funny thing was is that because this thing took off so much with the herbs, I never even had time to do private practice. I did one day a week at a medical doctor's office um, for a while, and then I just got too busy and I couldn't do it anymore. See, that's my retirement dream. I want to be like Yoda and do about one day a week and just shuffle around the table and exactly say you 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 know you're stagnant in your lower burner and then exactly. then well, then leave the room. <laughs> Somehow, I mean, I've been to so many conferences, you know, I'm always traveling, and, um, you know, we have a whole crew of people training the doctors now. And, That's amazing. Um, so so this, this has gotten a lot bigger than I would have imagined. Yeah, so, so and let's do this, because you said also, you, you know, you got your start with uh, medical herbology. Now, back then, there were, you could count the number of medical people interested in herbology on one hand. And so this is true, but you know, in 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 looking at like at the time, like this women's school of herbology, that was a pretty nice course. It was a year program. It was pretty serious, um, and so we were looking at what I would call medical herbology, which is you know using botanicals in treatment of of various conditions, and um, certainly, of course, in Chinese medicine, the, the pharmacology is very advanced. As you know, from having, did you have to study the herbs? No, I'm not an I'm not an herbologist, so I just know. Oh, yeah. So in California, you're a primary care, and the state board in California is the hardest one for for Chinese medicine because it involves pharmacology. Right. There's you know two thousand hours of herbal medicine. Wow, um, that's a whole degree. It's a whole degree, and um, I'll just never forget like memorizing all these formulas for the boards. I used to make tunes up, and I would sing them in my car on the way to school, you know. And I still remember those tunes. It's funny how that part of your brain... Absolutely. Stick, you know? We had we had so, a classmate who did the same thing for the uh, for the Meridians, all the point names. He made up songs yeah. for each Meridian. Yeah. I think I didn't want to pick up any kind of book for about two years. After <laughs> I was done. So um, then... So, and, you know, after all that work, I didn't even do, you know, a whole lot of acupuncture. I did do veterinary acupuncture for a while. Oh, that's so and cool. And I still like to do that. I guess if I have, if I, if I have my retirement, you know, yeah, dream it, job, it's just doing do animals. dogs and horses. That's what I like to do. One of my <laughs> clinical supervisors was Siri Barnes, and she was one of the pioneers with animal acupuncture. And she always used to say, I so much prefer treating animals. They're so easier, so much easier well, than people. Well, you know people. what's easier is that when you tell the owner, you need to cook a special diet for this dog, and you're going to give it these herbs, and this homeopathy, and blah, blah, blah. They'll do they it. do it. Yes. And the dog gets better, and it's so rewarding. It's like, next week, oh, his diarrhea's gone. Right. But you tell the same thing. Oh, that's so awful. Oh, but I can't live without my bread. Them. You don't understand. I can't live without my bread. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I think it's easier because people are more willing to do more for their pets than they are for themselves. Uh, sad, sad but true. Okay, so now so you've got your degrees, you've got all this knowledge here. What led you to start formulating biocidin? And tell us a little bit of well, the, yeah, like the said, history so of that. That was something I had actually found this formula or something similar to it 
when I was doing the veterinary acupuncture, I was working for a veterinarian and uh, I was working under his license and he had been using these herbs and he had been using them on some really difficult infections like brucellosis in mm-hmm. cows. And we had, in fact, one kennel that had leishmania, which also is What is that? And, and we were able to clear that, that whole kennel of leishmania. I think that Dr. Schoen, the veterinarian, wrote yeah. that up. I think he has several books in, in veterinary acupuncture. Wow. And he actually wrote that study up that he had used our herb formulas. So because I knew it was working on these difficult infections in animals, uh. I thought, well, maybe these herbs would help these AIDS patients with their diarrheal diseases. And these herbs were not Chinese herbs. So these were North American, you know, and other herbs that were in the biocidin formula. So um, when I saw that they were working well, um, you know, Con Herb Company already had whole production and, and manufacturing set up. And so I learned what was required to put together these kind of formulas. Um, and, and then I realized, okay, the biocidin is really good as a broad-spectrum kind of supplement, but maybe we need some immune boosting with that, um, like the biotonic herbs. So I, put, I brought in the Chinese formula that was similar to um, traditional Chinese formulas like Liu Jinzitong and Bujong Ichitong, which are both central burner, stomach, spleen, tonic formulas to kind of help balance some of the colder and more detoxifying aspects of the biocidin. And it kind of went along like that, so I realized, you know, we needed antiviral things, and the olive leaf was, you know, at that yeah. time had been researched extensively by Upjohn, and they decided not to make a drug out of it, but all that research was there, and it was like, wow, look how great of an antiviral this this olive leaf extract is. Let's do something with that. So I just kind of kept, you know, looking for answers to the problems that the doctors were having and trying to make it so that all of these things would work together um, you know, very effectively and with, without any side effects. Now, can you talk about that a little bit, just in, in very general terms? Because I don't think people understand the synergy of herbs in general. Right. So it's like you, we want to, yeah. we want to have the one, the one herb for the one problem kind of idea, right. but it doesn't so work that way. Medicine, yeah, it doesn't work that way. The if you if you look at any indigenous use of plant-based medicine around the world, they almost always use things in combination. In Chinese medicine, you have the idea of like an emperor herb, which is the main thrust of the formula, say, antibiotic. And then you might have minister herbs that back up that main thrust. And so you'd have several other herbs that would do the same thing. And then you have the herbs that would be guiding to the different channels or organ systems. Um, So, for example, like if you guide things to the bladder for a bladder infection, you need something that's diuretic that goes to the bladder channel. And so that's why people would add things like uva ursi or buchu, you know, to a formula for a bladder infection. Um, So that's kind of how you think. You think about, like, what's the thrust of the formula? Where do I need this to go? And then what organs might need support in this situation? Do people have adrenal fatigue? Do people um, need their liver detoxified? You know, so then you're, you're thinking along those lines as well. And so I tried to take those Chinese medicine principles and apply them to these different herbs from around the world um, and create, you know, something that's balanced, um, uh, for people, because like as you know, you could take a single ingredient like oregano oil. It's a great antimicrobial. But if you take a whole capsule of oregano oil, a lot of times people will complain that it burns their stomach. They're burping up oregano all day. It's just it's not tolerated particularly well. But if you put a small amount of that in with these other things, then it's tolerated well and it really lends a hand, you know, to the formula. So that's what I tried to do. I tried to balance things out so that people could use these for long term if needed. Some of these conditions, like I said, we were dealing with people with AIDS. These people were going to be staying on these formulas for a year or more. So they couldn't blow them out of the water, you know. Um, so that's that's why I tried to apply those principles. And how many herbs are in Biocidin? Biocidin has 12 herbs and you know, the nice thing is that so many of the herbs have multiple uses. Like the first ingredient is bilberry extract, and bilberry is one of the strongest um, antioxidants uh, in the OPC category. It um, not only helps heal the mucosa, 
but it also is antimicrobial. And so when you look up um, each of these herbs, like if you do a search on PubMed for any of these herbs, you'll see that they have many, many different activities. And so, um, so that's, that's something that we were really looking for, um, things that could do more than one thing. Maybe they're antifungal and antibacterial. Right. Right. There's, I mean, they're just, the research goes in one direction because that's how research works, but the herbs themselves always work on many levels at the same time. Right. Exactly. So, you know, you would think of white willow bark, you know, being, you know, something that is salicylic acid, right? It's like aspirin. It's um, used for pain typically, but it's actually in these formulas used to help take the herbs to the microcirculation. So it's, it's got to, you know, we're using it in a different way. Um, so, yes, there's a lot of different different things that, that each of the herbs can do. Some of them are more antiparasitic in nature. Some of them are, are more blood purifying. Some of them are more antibacterial. And a lot of times the antibacterial ones kind of cover a lot of bases. A lot of times they're antiviral, too. Um, but as you know, you know, we can't make medical claims for nutritional supplements. Right. And so even though you can look up in, you know, the German Commission E monographs on herbs or on PubMed, any one of these ingredients, and you can see, you know, pages and pages of double-blind studies and all of this. But when it comes to putting them in a formula like this, we still can't make any medical claim for it other than it's, you know, uh, a supplement. And, and so that it does bind your hands a bit. Um, so what what can you tell people, or is it really just no? It's just a food supplement, and you'll feel better, or you can't even say yeah, that. So you know, because that's why we're working with a doctor. So uh, the doctors can say whatever they want, <laughs> whatever they want. Yeah. And so, um, and the doctors have done the research. They've seen the white papers. They know what these these herbs are for. And um, we don't. Yeah, we ourselves we don't want to make any uh, claims um, about anything. Right. And um, we can only, you know, we can give feedback that people have found these helpful, mm-hmm. um, certainly. And um, and that's kind of how I got more interested in Lyme because I was getting some feedback from, from doctors saying, hey, you know, my Lyme patient said that their symptoms are yeah. a lot better. And they've been doing this for about six months. Um, and, and so that kind of got my brain thinking, well, maybe if we could put the biocidin formula in a liposomal Yes. Where it would go more into the bloodstream and more into the neurological compartments, that that might be even more helpful. So, um, so let's let's buddy. hang hang on there for a second. So let's. Yeah. What I would like to do is because you have the formula in various forms, and let's right. talk about the liposomal last. It's okay. Like why why different forms? How come it's not just a tincture and you just do drops and thank you very much? How come they're capsules? I mean, the throat spray makes sense to me because if you want to just coat your throat with it, that makes sense or try to right. s- snort it up your nose. Diluted too. So the biocidin one-ounce liquid formula is the base formula mm-hmm. for any of the biocidin formulations. And that's the one that most people use for um, – taking for GI complaints and so forth because it's going directly to the digestive tract. Um, the capsules are similar, except for you don't get the benefit of the upper, like working with the mouth and the esophagus and, and the upper GI because the capsule goes straight to the stomach. But the capsules are super useful. Um, people have used those uh, when traveling, when you don't want to take a liquid, and also as a suppository. So doctors started using them as vaginal suppositories for infections and, and rectal suppositories um, as, as a supplement when working with prostatitis, and that seemed helpful. So I think that the capsules have, have a good use. Um, I like the liquid better. If I'm just going to pick one, I, I use the liquid. And then, like you said, the throat spray is diluted in alcohol so that it sprays, and it kind of gets right to the throat. And we actually just did a study with the University of Louisiana on the throat spray, and they contacted me because the doctor there is a coach to Olympic coaches. So he's trying to keep these athletes well, and a lot of the athletes get upper respiratory immune problems because they are overexerting on a regular basis. And so he did a study, and his trial had athletes that were immune-suppressed, and he would give the throat spray right after exertion. So he would measure the SIGA, which is the immune marker in the saliva, 
and he would measure that before and then after exertion and then after use of the throat spray and he found a huge jump in the immune response so they're actually looking to um to get a patent on that effect they're very excited about that and they think that this may have um you know something that could really help a lot of of people who have upper respiratory issues and athletes but if you if you think about it if something's assisting the immune system it's good for anything really and it's also you know good for gi issues and systemic problems as well so that's my next thought is you know we should do a larger study on this and look at um siga in the gut and elsewhere uh but that that was a really good study and that's so amazing yeah, the throat spray has its place. And then, um, so then we made a toothpaste <laughs> out of the biocide. That's so because cool. We, yeah, because we had done two different university studies on biofilms. Biofilms are basically when bacteria join together and form a colony, and they create this kind of slimy coating that can't be penetrated by drugs or by the immune system and that's how these infections get chronic so when you think of like chronic sinus infections mm-hmm. with recurrent ear infections yep. and recurrent bladder infections all of these are ed gut infections these are all biofilm related infections and so one of the things i saw in my research was that a lot of the herbs in the biocidin had been tested against biofilm hmm. and that they had worked really well so based on that, I actually had the University of Binghamton do a whole study on biofilms, and they found that the biocidin broke up any of the biofilms, whether it was yeast or bacteria, and um, in a very short order as well. And so then when we did the Lyme research with the University of Uvascula in Finland, they also did biofilm of Lyme research and got the exact same result. So we know that the herbs in the biocidin are very helpful at breaking through this coating on these infections. And, and that actually has potential to assist antibiotics to work better. Absolutely. Because if you're able to break up these infections now, the antibiotics can get in there and do their job. And do so, their job, absolutely. Yeah, so have that's, you, that's it. Have you been in touch with uh, Dr. Eva Shapi out here on yes, the... Yes, I have. Yeah. Yes, she, was, she loves biocide, and she told me she recommends it. She has not done a study, uh, a formal study yet, but she said she has tested it in her lab and, and that it was very effective. The doctor who did our research um, in Finland, Dr. Leona Gilbert, she is the research coordinator for the ILADS, the International Lyme oh, very good. Associated yep. Disease. So, yeah, so she, over there they specialize in Lyme at that particular university, and um, they have all the North American strains and European strains, and so she, you know, wanted to do this research and was very excited by the results because she said she really hasn't seen any that consistently was um, working in vitro. So again, this is, you know, this is in a test tube in a lab. This is not um, in patients. But she could see that the biocidin was effective on the spirochetes, on the round bodies, which are like this, they call cyst forms mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. Um, persister types. They, um, it broke up the biofilms, and, um, and it actually stopped the spirochetes from going into a persister form, which is interesting because when you apply certain antibiotics, they recur. It, it accelerates it, yeah. Exactly. Yep. So the biocidin did not cause that and hmm. actually went after both forms. So she said this is the first thing she's seen that really made a big difference. And, um, you know, and that's so important. And they actually had a, a presentation at, in Paris um, in the spring at the ILADS European meeting um, about that research. Here's a side. Well, let me first finish my my first thought. And I think that's so important because you know, when my patients are going to see a Lyme literate doctor, they're getting a antibiotic cocktail. They're, they're trying to target either the phase of the Borrelia or the different co-infections in there. Uh-huh. And it's it, it just makes so much more sense to have a broad spectrum herbal formula like you put together that can handle all of the above and you you know it just yeah i think so too i mean it just makes sense it's not toxic it can't hurt you um 
why not get the benefit of these plants along with whatever else your doctor is recommending? Right. Um, and, and that's why we like for the physicians to call us and actually get training. So we have, you know, several people, um, including myself, that will spend time with the doctor, go over each of the formulas, answer all their questions, explain how the protocols work. And, and so we really like to support the physicians um, in using these things with their patients. Yeah, I didn't realize you had that physician outreach part. There's a physician or two here that I'll send your information to because I, I know one for sure would be interested if she's not already aware of what you're doing. And then, you know, th- that's the thing. Can we get the physicians to call you? <laughs> that's well, the, that's the question. Yes, yeah, so I'm sure they do. It. Yeah. And Ann Corson and, and Dr. Klinghardt, all those guys. But they're, they yeah, but they're already, you know, they're already on our side of the fence. It's like we need to drag some of these other yeah, I the think nor- they're, they're getting that way, and it's the patients who come to them and go, "Hey, you know, I heard about this this stuff. Can I try it?" And you know, and and if they're a good doctor, they'll call us and find out, you know, what our research is and and, and what we, um, what we think is is a good program for people. We certainly want people to start very slowly. With oh, of course. Because like anything, you can get that die off or Herxheimer reaction, particularly with the liposomal. Yes. So let's, that was my next, let's talk about liposomes and what they are and why they're important. And particularly you've, isn't yours, didn't you team up with Dr. Shade to put yours together? I I basically, I I was at a conference and and Chris came over and we've been friends for years and, and, I'm like, Chris, you know, it would be so cool if I could put biocidin in a liposomal formula. He goes, well, why not? Just send me some, and I'll, I'll try it. So he, <laughs> we, we did it. We got like 48 bottles the first time, and I sent those out to a bunch of different Lyme docs, including one local doctor who had a patient that I knew about who had neurological Lyme. Mm-hmm. And that patient had gotten some better, you know, quite a bit, maybe 70% better using um, biocidin and oliverics and the other things that that doctor was recommending. But um, there was still some challenges in the neurological part. And so I thought, well, this is a really good test case. Let's try. And so so we gave him um, the liposomal formula. And he came into the office like a month or two later. And he's like, hey, I just want you to know I'm like feeling so much better. I'm not having these pains anymore. So that was motivation. I'm like, okay, this appears to be helping, you know, a little more than the biocidin by itself did. So I told Chris, okay, well, let's let's make a bunch of this and let's get this out there. And so we basically send him that bulk biocidin liquid, and then he uses his etheric encapsulation technology, which, you know, creates a very small size of these liposomal spheres. This is like a phosphatidyl uh, coating. And that allows them to be um, penetrating the cellular membranes. So that that also is important because certain of these Lyme pathogens and co-infections are intracellular in nature. And and so it's a good idea if you can, you know, deliver uh, whatever you're trying to deliver um, intracellularly. That's a good thing. And, of course, because the fats have a affinity for the nervous system tissue, which is fat-based, so, um, so that was that was my thinking. Um, let's try this. And, and indeed, when we did the study with Dr. Gilbert at the university, she had this marker, popo iodide marker, and she could track the uptake of the herbs intracellularly. And the biocidin did okay, you know, compared to placebo. It was about twice as good, but the liposomal formula was even twice as much better. Wow. So that that was the clincher. It's like, yes, this is definitely looks like it's going to be able to help people even more, and and so that was that was my intuition was right about that. But, you know, we should go in that direction for for the Lyme patients. So the the liposome encapsulates the biocidin really, and we're talking tiny on the kind of tiny microscopic like, uh, level. Less yeah, a hundred nanometers. Now, so here's my question. So I, my understanding is some of these liposomes can then be sucked in past the biofilm wall because the kind of the it's. I, I always think of biofilm like a fort, and the bad guys are inside yeah. the fort, but they're looking, they're keeping their eyes out, they're always scanning the environment, and if some food passes by, it's going to snag it. And bring it in, and the fat is a food, and so That's they. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Th- th- this that is makes sense. this is There's great. The biofilms are even going to want to pick it up. Yes. Know? 
So th- this is that's Greg Lee's thinking. Um, I don't know. If oh he- yeah, Greg. Yeah. I I, I was um, at a conference with him uh, in Florida a few years ago, and we were talking about liposomes. Yeah, he's very very interested in them. Um, and so, so back to that idea. So my question is: Do you have people doing both the liquid and the the liposome, the liposome at the same time? Because they seem they're slightly different mechanisms, and they would approach they the problem at a slightly different level. That's right. Some people are doing both together, but I did a little experiment on myself. I came back from Peru um, with some kind of gut bug, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay. Here's a chance to see if the liposomal biocide will work on the gut bug as well as the regular biocide would have. So, I mean, I took a pretty high dose, like two or three pumps several times a day for a few days, and I was using the GI detox to help pull out, you know, anything. Um, and that's another product that we often recommend concurrently with biocide. And, and um, uh, I, then I got a stool test and it was clear. So I think that the, bio, the liposomal biocide does make it to the gut. So I'm not entirely convinced you need to do both, but you certainly can. One thing for sure we have seen, though, is that the biocidin, whether you use the regular or the liposomal, works even better when you use it with the olivirex. And maybe that's because of the extra antimicrobial support, or maybe it's because the um, when the patient's immune system has been compromised, um, they get secondary viral complaints like you know, CMV and EBV and HHV6 and so forth. So um, will you talk a little bit more about that product as well, the olive leaf? And it's, again, yeah, it's a so, blend, so... Yeah. I, I basically think that whenever you have a serious issue, whether it's, you know, something as, as devastating as Lyme can be, or but just even a bad cold, you know, I think that using... Both together is a good idea because you're just you're getting like a one-two punch. You know, the biocidin has certain antimicrobial botanicals in it. The olive leaf is a whole different thing, kind of like magnesium, where you have to get enough of it in a capsule to be meaningful, right? Right. So we couldn't put the olive leaf in the biocidin because you wouldn't get enough of it. Uh. But in a capsule, then we can have a high potency extract in there. And the one that we get is from Spain, and it's organic. Um, most of the herbs in all of our formulas come from European pharmaceutical grade suppliers. We don't use anything um, from China other than the organic Chinese herbs that are in the biotonic formula, which is a Chinese formula. You have to use Chinese herbs. Um, but there are other, other products. We, we use North American or European wildcrafted or organic um, as much as possible. And so the olive leaf um, in that formula, you know, has... Uh, as was shown in the research, a lot of activity um, and can help as nutritional support, you know, with viral complaints. And then we added some other herbs as cofactors for taking things to the bladder and kidney channel, um, supporting the immune system, things like cordyceps and American ginseng. So, so you get a little bit of um, bolstering uh, as well as an additional uh, antimicrobial and those two together, I just love that. It's easy to do. And in cases, any kind of serious case, you know, where we've had people who um, maybe they have taken several courses of antibiotics and not gotten well from something like uh, C. difficile. That's when I say, okay, let's throw the kitchen sink here. <laughs> what we have <laughs> at um, You know, you've already failed vancomycin. That's a, that's a heavy drug. Let's let's see what the herbs can do and let's use them at a high dose. So that's why I want people to work with a a physician when they're using these things because knowing how to take them and how much and for how long, you know, is very important. And so working with somebody with experience is is a good idea. Always, always is. Now I want to go back to the, the toothpaste because I, I think I have a, I mean, let's back up even half a step more. It's like we've got a gut micro, uh, a gut microbiome. We have a mouth microbiome. We have a skin, right. uh, you know, the sinus, so forth and so on. Vaginal. I mean, it's all. We're just kind of waking up to the richness of these different microbial communities that hang out with us. Now, 
So I'm reading some people who said, well, you know, you want to be careful with really going heavily after any microbial colony because you don't want to kill off too much. You don't want it to be too strong. So can you talk a little bit about that in just in terms of, I guess really with any of the biomes, with any of your products is like, it's what, because it's a botanical blend, is it, is it less harmful than like just, you know, doing scope and that's what I'm trying to get at. You understand my question, right? Yeah, I understand. So what the interesting thing is, is that our, over in the Netherlands, um, there's a doctor named Jeroen Haas, and he's going to speak actually at iLads this fall. In Philadelphia? Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be in Boston. I mean, Boston, right, right, Boston. Right. So he, um, he told me that he's been following his patients before and after microbiome because the big microbiome research institute is there in Amsterdam. And, and so he's been following his patients before and after. He has a thousand patient files. And he said that the biocidin increased Increases. the diversity yeah. in the number of the microbiome without the use of probiotics. Yeah. And I think that the reason is, is that in nature, you've got a tree. Let's say it's an olive tree. Mm-hmm. They've got to be able to fight off the pests and funguses and bad bacteria, right? Are but they... they have to support the soil probiotic hmm. positive flora, right? So I think that the, that the plants have developed as part of their evolutionary wisdom the ability to know what's helpful and what's not. Right. And when we use the plant medicine, we're just borrowing that mechanism, basically. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't use probiotics, too, and we have a probiotic that's part of our protocol. Um, But at least you don't have to worry about these herbs wiping things out to a sterile state like like certain antibiotics could and then getting a backlash of a a yeast or of of a bacteria like C. difficile. And... And so that's good news. And, and that's another reason why doctors should be interested in this. You know, there's tons of research on these plants. They don't harm the, the good flora typically, and um, especially if you use them in a balanced way. So, so I agree with you. And so in the mouth, what we saw was we have one doctor, and she herself had a mouth full of spirochetes. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that these were Lyme spirochetes. Right. These were just some sort of spirochete yep. bacteria. And they showed up on the slide, you know, when they scraped her her plaque. And so she did the liposomal biocidin as a mouth rinse for six weeks, like twice a day. And when she went back and they did another slide, the spirochetes and all the bacteria were gone. And so the dentist called me up and he goes, hey, I want to I study this further. So we sent him a bunch of product, and, and we said, great, let's study it. And so he started doing, um, like, cavitation surgeries and then using it as a rinse, an irrigant, and um, along uh, with ozone, which is yeah, another thing. Yeah, 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 of course. And, and, uh, and he started looking at other periodontal cases. And so after a few months, he wrote back and sent pictures before and after of six other patients. And now he's getting the DNA before and after. <laughs> Brilliant. And Dr. Blanche Gruby, who took over for Hal Huggins um, in the whole mercury uh, detox world, she uh, and I met at a dental conference recently, and, and so she's going to also uh, start doing a larger study as well. So I think we're going to have some, some good data on this for the future, but at least in the beginning, it looks super helpful. And so I'm like, okay, well, what, let's try this. Let's put the biocide in a toothpaste. And and then we'll have people use the liposomal biocidin as a, a rinse, um, and and first brush, you know, with with the the dental side and toothpaste. So we've only had it out now for about a month, but the reports so far have been great. People said that their pocket numbers came down in half. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm going to so, order and, some. And yes, <laughs> I, and some people need additional probiotics in the mouth, and yep. so things like Lactobacillus salivarius. Um, a really good transient organism that is native to the oral cavity. So that's a good one um, to use. We just got a new probiotic. It's going to be in in about two more weeks. It's got the spore-based mm-hmm. probiotics. Yep, I'm a and, big fan. As well as quercetin and marshmallow root and aloe vera extract as 
soothing oh, wow. agent. Yeah, so you're really going um, to, to really heal the gut with that mixture. Yeah, so that's, yeah. It, we call it Proflora 4R because it's doing the 4R part. Uh, remove, replace, restore, repair. Yeah. And so so we'll have a kit then, the BioClear program, and it'll have the biocidin in whichever form you need it, the liquid or the liposome or the capsules. And then along with that, you can get the Olivirex GI Detox and, and the Proflora 4R. The GI Detox, I want to mention, it's a super simple formula because it's just pyrophyllite clay with activated charcoal. Yeah, beautiful. Really effective at mopping up toxins. And University of Arizona did a study on that clay and found that it also um, not only picked up toxins, but also was effective at um, gram negative bacteria. So those are the very ones that cause the endotoxins, right? No kidding. That. Yeah. So, so was it so, neutralizing? Did they know what it was doing to them? It was just killing them. I don't know how. Wow. But I was like, well, great, because we already know that LPS, the lipopolysaccharide, which is the endotoxin found in the biofilm yep. and on the outside shell of gram-negative bacteria, that's what's causing this cascade of inflammation. Exactly. And, right, the and body's so response to that. Yep. take that out, that's going to be a good thing. game changer. So, yeah. Yeah, and so but as you're using the biocidin in any of the forms, if you, like an hour or two later on an empty stomach, use the GI detox, it'll help mop up and pull out those things. And so some of the doctors even who've been working with mold and mycotoxins Same have thing. experimenting yep. with this. Yes. And, and so Jill Carnahan is one of those doctors. I don't know if you know Jill. I don't. Um, she's fairly well known in the mold mycotoxin world. And so you could go to her website. I think it's jillcarnahan.com or drcarnahan.com. And so she said that, you know, she experimented with using this instead of cholestyramine in some of her patients because either they couldn't afford the cholestyramine or didn't tolerate it well. And when she got the labs back, she saw the same decrease uh, in the trichosathenes in the urine, which is one of these mycotoxin indicators. So I think that the GI detox has multiple benefits. It's, it's helping to pull out these biofilm fragments. It's mopping up toxins. It's about 10 times more absorptive than zeolite. And it's hydrosoluble and has a high silica content. So it has. I was, I was wondering about that, actually. Yeah, so instead of bentonite, which clumps and you know, can cause stagnation. Yeah. So this one's hydrosoluble. So it's, 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 I think it's easier on the system. Yeah, because I was thinking as you're talking about, I was wondering if it isn't working uh, like the diatomaceous earth, just mechanically killing off the bacteria rather than it chemically. It's working mechanically. Yeah. It's got two things going for it. It's got like the electromagnetic charge, which makes it like a sponge and makes it pick up things. Mm-hmm. And then it's got the um, the surface. Yeah. You know, and I'm always worried about diatomaceous earth. I mean, I need to see more research on it because, I mean, I used to put diatomaceous earth on my dog for ticks and fleas, right? Right. And in the carpet. And I'm thinking, well, if something has that jagged of an edge that it can slice up a flea, <laughs> what's it doing in someone's gut? In the gut. I just don't know. So I've always been a little bit <laughs> cautious about that one. I haven't ever taken it internally myself, but I know people do. I, well, I, I bought a 50-pound bag. It's out in the uh-huh. barn, and I have taken it on and off, and I, you know, my gut is pretty much okay, and I didn't notice anything in terms of disturbance or big changes, but, you know, I wasn't taking it for months and months and months, so, you know, I can't really say either, um, but lots of yeah. people take it. And I know, so it's, it must be okay, because, you know, people will report if, or, if it was causing a problem. Or Probably right, or, or or more benefit than not. I mean, and if you have parasites, it's 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 a that's right. I right? mean, that's the thing. It's another so, way to do so it. So I think I think it's good to use some kind of mop up agent yeah. when you're trying to detoxify your body. And I've just got into a little discussion uh, online, as everybody does, about like the the timing of mop up agents like that. So you know, we throw a word around like detox, and it can mean ten thousand different things. Right. But what we're talking about here is absorbing toxins. And in this case, killing off some of the bacteria that's causing the toxins in the gut so they can be eliminated. And can you just touch a little bit on your thoughts about balancing that action versus getting nutrition in with you? In. Yeah, so the most important thing, obviously, is 
when you're going to use a mop-up agent like this that's going to absorb everything willy-nilly in your gut, you don't want to be having your nutrition or your supplements or your drug therapies or other, other things at the same time because you don't want to weaken their effect. So it is important to take it in between meals. The only exception to that is if you've eaten something bad. You know, if you've got food poisoning, or <laughs> then take it right away. Yeah. Take handfuls of it. You know, I mean, the other day, actually, a friend, I don't know if you, if you know anything about this um, trifexis. Uh, it's, a, it's a drug that veterinarians give for fleas and a heartworm. Okay, so no. But so a lot of people are having dogs reacting to that. My dog took it one time, and that was it. I was like, no more of that. Um, and a lot of people I know's dogs were felt real down after taking it. Well, the other day, a friend of mine's uh, uh, dog, she gave it a dose of it. It was kind of a small dog, and it started to really go down. It started to act like it was almost seizing. Wow! And so she just took some some GI detox out of the capsule and put it in in water and just shot it down her throat with an oral syringe. Just to right, just absorb it, right? Just it. absorb it, yep. you know. So it's it's a good absorbent to have in your medicine cabinet. Um, you know, should you ingest something bad, um, even if you just, you know, I don't drink alcohol because my liver is uh, unhappy with it. <laughs> 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 but but people who do drink tell me that if they take the GI detox afterwards, you know, that they're 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 less impacted. Right. It, I wish I had some. I got food poisoning when I was in Thailand, and I was eating charcoal capsules, but it just wasn't enough. Um, yeah, and, it and it didn't. And it didn't. Right. Yeah. yeah, and it didn't help kill anything. Yeah, I would take take the biocidin if you could keep it down at that point. Yeah. Um, I, and then take the JD talk shortly after. You know, and I don't know, one thing we have taken, it's kind of like a family remedy here, is uh, on and off we'll have some uh, liquid iodine around. Oh, yeah. And uh, that has uh, worked magic at times. But it doesn't help bind anything, but it does help kill it off. It kills it off. Yeah. But you have to be careful. This, this stupid, I'm sorry, but this girl locally, when the when Fukushima happened, yeah. she got panicked and oh, no. drank. Oh, no. Sprayed, yeah, burned her, almost died. Wow. I mean, yeah, iodine has to be diluted. No, we were, yeah, we're doing like eight drops in a big glass of water kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So just like say, saying to the listeners out there, don't ever take straight iodine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so so I think, yeah, these things are great to have traveling with you, um, you know, and, you know, I've had friends tell me that they took biocidin with them when they went to India to an ashram, for example, and they were the only one that didn't get sick. Yeah. Um, on their trip. Either that or you got to spice the food up like crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take a lot of cumin. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so but I do want to, I want to get back to the usage of these a little bit because I know people who are listening are going to be, I want to try this. And okay, great. good. Let's and, do that. You know, talk, talk to your, your practitioner about it. Um, and if you, if you do decide to try it, we really recommend starting at the, just the lowest possible amount. Which so means like, what? Which was like with the liposomal biocide, because that liposome is so strong, and if you're a person who does have Lyme or has a lot of infections, you may get a big die-off reaction. So take the one pump, yeah. put it in five ounces of water, and then take one teaspoon of that water the first time you take it. No Wait way. a couple hours. Feel okay? Take another teaspoon. At the point that you can drink all five ounces of that water without having a huge reaction, now you're ready for one pump. Unreal. And then you put, put one pump under your tongue and hold it for like a minute. You know, I, or if you push it around your teeth, yeah. you get an extra benefit for your teeth. Exactly. Um, I have had patients who have reacted to ridiculously small amounts of, uh, of herbs. So I, I'm, I want to underline what you're saying here. It is so important. And you, you can't start too small. You really can't. No, you really can't. I mean, I, I think waving it in front of somebody energetically. <laughs> um, you know, some people are so, so sensitive. They use like a laser to encode the frequency. Well, I do that. And, and shine it on the acupuncture points. Absolutely. Because, exactly. And some people may need that. Some people may need homeopathic drainage and support before they can even start a physical level herbal regime like this. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So then you just start slowly per your tolerance. You know, faster is not better. Uh, 
overwhelming your system with detox reaction is not yes. helping you. So stop yeah, there for you know. a second, too, because I, I agree with you 100%. And there's so many people It's like, yeah, I want to hurt because it means it's working. It's like, no, it means you're poisoning yourself. Well, I mean, it's good to know that you're having a reaction to it, <laughs> but then slow down and make that reaction so that you can still function. You know, you, you, you just you don't want to wipe yourself out because, like you said, you know, that means that your liver is now overwhelmed. It can't excrete all these toxins and there's no point in doing that to yourself it's not helping you're just mobilizing toxins but you're not able to remove them so that's where using the gi GI, yeah and and doing homeopathic drainage and drinking extra water eating a super clean um, saunas saunas anything that you can do to mobilize your your drainage and and assist you um that helps. And then and just go slowly but surely. You know, most people with Lyme are going to be on these things for a year at least. So there's no rush, you know, um, in, in getting up on a, a higher amount. Yeah. You know, we forget that, and I made this point in, uh, recently in a, in a support group, is that the bacteria is so slow in its reproduction. And, and nobody's really quite willing to say how long that is, but we know it, it is a lot slower. So just the time frame with Lyme disease is always slower than just about anything else. Everything else is happening in days, maybe weeks, but Lyme disease, you're, we're talking months and like you said, years. So it's just, we have right. to, it teaches patients. Lyme disease teaches patients. Yeah. But I will say this, that I've had reports back, like one doctor herself had been in a wheelchair um, with Lyme. She had a lot of neurological signs. She had very severe tachycardia um, whenever she woke up in the morning. Um, she had a lot of symptoms. And she had gotten a lot better. She had done every therapy you can imagine under the sun for Lyme. I mean, she'd done IV ozone. She'd done the, the, the salt sea. She'd done, you know, a lot of different things and a lot of different herbs and antibiotics. Um, and so she had gotten, you know, quite a bit better, but she still had the neurological signs. She still couldn't walk, you know, hardly. She still had to use a walker. And she um, still had the tachycardia. So she started the liposomal biocidin and the olivirex, and I think the GID talks too. I think I had her on the whole whole program. And six weeks in, she she wrote me an email. She goes, you're not going to believe this. I can, like, walk up the hill. I'm not having any tachycardia. Wow. So I hear these reports, and I'm like, good. So even you know, in as few as six weeks, people are, yeah. are, are seeing a result. And, of course, you don't know that that's going to be the case with everyone. Of course you not. you hope right. that within six weeks they're going to notice something different. Right. Well, I th- it goes back. It's the, it's the biofilm, you know. It's the, it's the biofilm. If you can get behind and break that up, you can disrupt the the whole the whole cycle, and if you yeah, can't, yeah, I saw a picture in my slide from Dr. Sappy um, of that that biofilm, you know, yeah, of and you can see that video if you go to YouTube and you just type in Eva Sappy S A P I and and biofilm, you'll see, and you can see the spirochetes and these round bodies and all these things swimming around there in that biofilm, having and, a gr- you know, grand old time, exactly, and you know, if if if, if Doctors would just, who aren't familiar with integrative medicine, would just look at this research. They would see it with their own eyes. They'd go, wow, look at that. Well, I was listening to a researcher, and with names, I'm not so great. I believe he was from Temple, and he was an expert in biofilms, and it got his start with uh, recurring ear infections. And they finally figured out, no, that's not viral, it's just biofilm based and once they figured out how to break up the biofilm for the the ear infection bacteria they had these massive you know successes with these young kids who used to come into the office every three weeks during or whatever it was whenever the antibiotics stopped during the winter time and it's right i've had ear nose and throat doctors tell yeah. me that they've reduced the surgeries by more than 30 percent of course in their office just by having people do a nasal wash with the biocidin, which is another good point for people with chronic illnesses. If you can get one of those tests where they stick the swab in the back of your sinus and they send it in, it's a really good idea. It's, I tried it because I wanted to know what am I recommending here. You know, I'm going to stick this 12-inch thing up my head. Um, I did it. It did not hurt. You have to go really slow. You don't push it. You just slowly let it go into your, your rear sinuses, and then you can swab it around. And you send this in and um, check for yeast and bacteria <clears throat> that are hiding out in the sinuses. 
because that can keep your immune system, you know, in a chronic overload state. And, and so using the regular liquid biocidin in a saline wash, either with a neti pot or a nasal spray, or you can put in a nebulizer, um, has been super helpful. And I put the liposomal biocidin directly in, in ears for ear infection. Yeah. And, and is that swab a home test that you can do yourself? It is. It's, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the lab. It's like something really simple, like biological labs. You know what? I'll try to find it and I'll email it to you. You can post it. That'd be great. Um, and yeah, so it, and it was like $75 or something. Oh, it's so cheap. Test. It might be something you have to have a doctor order. Nah. Well, microbiology. I, yeah, it was microbiology labs. It was something crazy like that. Did they test um, for mold as well? In that? Yeah. 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 So the mold test takes a little longer. And um, I thought for sure I would have the mold because I had a big mold exposure 20 years ago. Um, and I didn't. Hmm. Uh, but I did have some bacteria. It was not the MRSA. It was not methicillin resistant. So I just did the biocide nasal wash. Um, but you can get like any nasal spray bottle, even from the health food store. And just saline and put a few drops of biocidin and use it. And it works really well. Beautiful. Dr. Fresco, you've been very, very generous with your time and your knowledge and your experience and your love of your herbs. I mean, it just really shines through. So thank you so much. I want to give you the last word. And if there's anything else you want to kind of underline as we close up, and then also how can people find out more, and particularly the practitioners out there, how can they contact you to get on board with getting trained? Great. Um, I think we covered a lot in this hour, and you can find us online at biocidin.com. And the practitioners, if you could just email us at info at biocidin.com and say that you wanted to get professional information and a link to, we actually have a little online bot where you can sign up for a training, uh, and that way you can choose what time is convenient for you. Uh, and and for people who are not practitioners, um Try to encourage, you know, whether it's your acupuncturist or your chiropractor or your integrative or functional medicine doctor um, to to get on board with this and, and work with you. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for everything that you're doing and supporting people um, because Lyme is very, very debilitating and serious. And I'd like to see more and more people getting better. So, you know what's funny about biocidin? No. Is it worked on my toothache. That's great. Yes. You came in a couple days ago complaining about your tooth. Yes, and he gave me the the little sampler of biocidin that we got. Who he? (laughs) He, McKay Rippey, the host of Lime Ninja Radio, gave me his sampler (laughs) of biocidin. That's so funny. I think I should introduce. (laughs) I'd like to hear that introduction when I walk in the room. And it's McKay Rippey, host of Lime Ninja Radio, now yes. eating dinner at the yes. family table. It's anyway. McKay Rippey. Yes. Anyway, it might. Host my... of Lime Ninja Radio. <laughs> Getting back to my okay. tooth. I'm interrupting you. Anyway. Sorry. No, it's fine. No, uh, I wasn't able to. It was, you know, it was a basic tooth, toothache. I wasn't able to eat anything. I wasn't able to eat anything solid and I couldn't open my mouth for anything. Um, but I was taking the biocidin one pump uh, of the liposomal of the liposomal an hour. Oh, by the way, how does that taste? It honestly, it tastes good. It's like, I think there's some stevia or something in there. It tastes sweet. It, it's not bad. Is it's it? not bad no. at all. I was expecting it to be a lot worse than it actually was. Yes. Yeah. Um, when I make my liposomal preparations. Oh, they're terrible. <laughs> yes. So they, they have a little more refined process. They, they do indeed. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Now, I'm also using their toothpaste. And oh. I'm very interested in seeing how that works with actually my nitric oxide levels. Because uh-huh. that's what I'm interested in influencing here by altering my mouth biome, getting the right bacteria alive in there. And I was surprised that you mentioned this in the interview. I asked specifically because most times you do a mouthwash or any type of herbal killing thing, you would expect that it would just wipe out all the bacteria. But in fact, with the biocide and toothpaste, 
it increases the diversity of the mouth biome. Hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one of the advantages of herbal medicine as opposed to straight out antibiotics or something very harsh like alcohol. So scope, listerine, things yeah. like that. Because it allows things to repopulate. Yeah. Right. It kills selectively rather yes. than just carpet bombing. Yes. And <laughs> do you want me to do a really bad transition? Speaking of population. <laughs> yes. Why is that funny? I just amuse myself. I have to, some somebody has to amuse me. It might as well be myself. Okay. Right? Well, you're allowed. Yes. <laughs> the Lyme disease vaccine PR strikes again, or strikes back, I should say. And this time we get an article in the Mother Jones magazine, which honestly surprised me because I didn't think that they would be Yeah, quite, given their history, you think yeah. they'd be kind of anti-vaccine, least, right? Yeah. Or a little skeptical? Yeah, or a little skeptical. They weren't? They were, they were fair. Let oh, me put it okay. that way. They were fair. They brought up the criticisms of the old Limericks, and they acknowledged them. So, like, the arthritis and muscle weakness and the 78% efficacy rate. They didn't mention it giving people... Lyme disease. No. So maybe that's not proven or there's some gag order with the lawsuit or something like that. Um, Anyway, if the vaccine is as good as the PR, it's going to be a great vaccine. Yeah, for sure. We can only hope. So I'm trying to keep an eye on like the development and the rollout of of knowledge for this vaccine because we already know that it's getting fast-tracked by the FDA and we already know that the that the company has a few studies out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this develops until it's released. Cool. I can't wait to read about that and the rest of your ninja nuggets. And if any of you out there would like to get on our ninja nugget email list, just head on over to limeninjaradio.com. And you'll see a pop-up and just give us your email and we'll email you once a week. That's not too terrible. Not too terrible. And I don't Nin- think Ninja so. Nuggets comes out Friday, so it's a great way to see the headlines for the week around Lyme disease and keep up to speed. You just scan them quickly. If you like what you see, click on it and you'll get the full article. Yep. And Aurora puts those together. She does a great job. Thanks, Aurora. And lastly, as you longtime Lyme ninjas know, this podcast would not be complete unless we enlightened you with the Lime Ninja fact of the day. Did you know ninjas don't break bricks? They fold under pressure. Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.